And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's January 25th. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. Do you think we should just talk about James Harden the entire podcast here today? I mean, there's a, like a lot. There's a lot of games on the NBA sl- slate tonight. We're gonna get to all of them here in due time. But I'm kind of wondering if we want to just make this. Chris Paul comes back, so it might be this might be our last chance to see something here. Um, should we just talk about Harden the entire time? I think I could do it. What about you? I could not do it because I'm I am here for the fans, Doug. Our faithful listeners who want DFS advice. And that it wouldn't be good for them. But I, I can certainly marvel at a few choice James Harden stats, if you like. I was arguing with people in our members-only chat room last night. And I'm well, not arguing, but people that were saying, like, unimpressed by Harden or, like, I don't know, like, anybody could do this if they were given this many shots or whatever BS to want to do it. I was like, anything that isn't marveling at this this latest run is just the worst take in the world. It's and the I wrong answer. Yeah. Well, I just want to, like, put it on their tombstone or something. Like, just to make sure that people just knew that they had a really bad idea like, when it comes to stuff like that. I just don't – anyway, I'm going to throw out some stats here for Harden, and then we'll get to the rest of these games only because – and we rarely do this about once a player, but like I said, Chris Paul coming back on Saturday – we might see the end of like the big minutes and big usage for the short term, and not to say Harden will continue to play at some crazy high level that he's playing, but um, it's just really it's pretty remarkable. So he drops 94 fantasy points in regulation against the Seems Knicks good. the other day um, in 40 minutes, goes 17 for 38. That was his third 57 or more point game in the last five games. Uh, he did drop a 48 in between there. Took a night off against Philly, where he only scored 37 points in in 31 minutes because they lost. His last 200, and this is the craziest stat, his last 263 okay. points have been unassisted. So like three games. Okay. Yeah, unassisted points. Um, that just no one no one feeding him. No one need feed him the ball. Uh, he will just, now, you know, some of that's getting to the line a lot, obviously. The guy gets the line like, you know, 20 times a game, went to the line 25 times. But to have no one assisting on any of them. And you asked, you know, we talked about, you know, you asked, we, were talking, we briefly talked about it in the air about whether or not the guys were having fun. I it seems to me I didn't watch the Knicks game, but I watched all, I watched like the five previous games for him. I think they love it. Like I think that they, I think they're just kind of like the Austin Rivers of the world are just like oh my god, man. This it's is kind of like if I was on the team, like I wouldn't be so worried about getting my shots in. Right, exactly. Like, That's a good point. Like you wouldn't be sitting around <laughs> bitching and moaning and being like, hey James, not for nothing, but there's four other guys here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like some kind of like yeah. weird like socialistic environment. No, they're just like, hey man, shoot as many times as you want. It's like as, as long as we keep winning. We'll get to we'll get to some of these guys uh, later. We'll talk a little bit more about Harden. I got I can kind of give a fun Harden stat too before go. we go. Yeah, go. So my fun Harden stat is. So since Christmas, so everyone knows he's been on this absurd tear, right? Mm-hmm. Since Christmas, the guy's averaging 44.5 points per game. Yep. So what is even that? But I thought almost more impressive, three and a half steals per game during that time. He's been active that. on defense. Yeah, they've been. he's been, he's not a good defender, but you can at least be active on defense, right? Like you can be in the world of like, he's not going to ever be a good on-ball defender, but it means he's trying cuz like long had been the youtube videos of the harden not trying on defense like there's there's long videos about this if you go back a couple years and it's pretty damn three and a half steals per game is completely insane like that's 
that's so many steals per game. Like, I guess you can hear, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, a little bit not of the best defender or whatever, but that's just actually so many steals. And that would be... Oh, this is the last seven days. Let me find the season. No, while you say that, I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump in and then you can find this out. But I'm, what I was well, the point I was trying to make was I I think he's greatly improved on defense. I think that I, I'm, I'm giving right. him a compliment because I think that while he'll never just be like a good natural defender, he, this points to he's at least really trying, right? Like um, he's very and to to do it on both ends of the court just takes an incredible amount of energy. And so the fact that he never looks tired either. Well, anyway, go with your stat. And I'm gonna throw out one more thing and then we'll keep moving. Three and a half steals per game would be a full steal higher than second place on the season if if he maintained that pace for the whole season. So we're on a full month now of him being basically one steal per game better than everyone else. That's that's wild. And yeah, I mean, and to that, say nothing, obviously, of the 45 points a game that he's scoring, which, again, comically high. You took it back to Christmas. I'll just take it back like just to December 13th because I think that was the game that the first game that Paul missed. But he's going eight rebounds and eight assists per game in that time span, too. So it's not like he's just yeah. like, you know, someone cited the Kobe the Kobe run of like multiple 50 point games in the chat last night. I was like, yeah, the difference is that Harden also does the other stuff as well. Right. Like Kobe was like 50 points, one assist, like two rebounds. Like that. <laughs> right. I, I went back and looked at that. I went back and looked at those lines. Like it was like, and that Harden takes more threes and stuff like that. But Kobe was like, he just jacked the shots and just was like, you guys, everyone else can handle the rest of the stuff. The fact that he's also mm-hmm. just has elite steals and elite rebounds during this time is just really, really nuts. Anyway, uh, we'll yeah. get to, we'll get to about whether or not, uh, He's worth a cash game play tonight. Spoiler alert, he is. Uh, we're gonna go um, game by game. Talk about the slate. It's a pretty. It's funny when I and I kind of looked like took an over like overarching look at everything or bird's eye view last night. I quickly wrote up Harden and then sort of struggled to find where some of the other value might lie. Some of it was opened up by some injury news that happened in last night's games that we'll get to and we'll break down some of the more of the injury news as we roll through it but uh one team coming on a back-to-back here is washington they are four point underdogs to the magic magic playing at home magic been not terrible uh they're lucky they, they get lucky by playing in the east for sure uh that's going to, that just generally helps them uh not be as bad as they were going to be but um Four point underdogs here with Washington, like I said, uh, playing their second night in a row. One, I guess the line struck me as a little bit weird. They have the same record on the season. Uh, the Wizards have been feisty without John Wall. They kind of they did hang with Golden State. Yeah, last they've game. had a good a good set of games here. Four out of five out of their last six or something have been very good games. So I guess I'm a little bit surprised by the line. But anything, what are you what are you seeing here from a DFS perspective? Guys like Beal still playing big minutes. Sadoransky has been playing big minutes and been playing well. Are we just getting peak pricing on them because it's been so long without John Wall? Or, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts here on this game? Yeah, that's kind of what I wrote up. So I, I did a game by game breakdown for the Golden State game, and what I reflected in that was that like basically now we've had enough time for them to be healthy without Wall that these guys are mostly pretty fairly priced. Um, I think some guys like Sadoransky, there's still potentially some room for price growth uh, based on how involved he, he's been on the offense recently. Uh, he's really dishing a lot of assists. Double-digit assists in three of his last seven games, uh, eight assists in one of the other ones. So he, they're certainly trusting him a little bit more with the ball, and you've seen a fairly steady diet of five x plus points per dollar, including an excellent game against Golden State here. And after him, though, like Beal, just not a ten thousand dollar player in my mind, even without Wall. It's too much of a mishmash at the small forward position right now, uh, with you know multiple guys at Reza Green, but not only them. Decker seeing some minutes as well, and. Uh, and Porter too. Like there's just so many guys they could play there. And I, you know, I know that I get that they're basically all splitting time between small forward and power forward, depending on who they're playing against. But uh, yeah, I don't really love any of those guys. And then Bryant, 
I think they just don't seem to trust him to play the minutes it looked like they would for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, but he eats enough minutes that none of the center plays become relevant either. Like you're not going to play Yama Himni. So, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't love the, the Wizards guys. I think Sadoransky is the one guy I could consider or not be furious with if he wound up in cash. But I don't want any of these other guys. Yeah, I think I pretty much feel the same way. Um, I you could I think you can safely put Sadoransky at like 36, 37 minutes at this point. It seems high, but. Um, uh, the price has just come up to the point where I don't know if that's even a bargain. There are the one place there is potentially a lot of cheaper value on this slate is at point guard, especially on FanDuel. So I think that's the other reason that maybe I'm not my eye is not drawn to that name as much as some of these other guys that we're going to mention. Uh, more some having to do with uh, with potential injury risk. But at six thousand, if you thought he was going to play 37 minutes in this game, yeah. considering how that Doable. he's been able to find some of his shot, like 13 shots last night in 39 minutes, isn't terrible. It's not great, um, but yeah, you do like the assist numbers at, with the 10 assists last night as well. So um, not a terrible play. Probably a pretty high floor. Maybe less risky if you're uh, if you're going there. But I'm not a guy that I'm overly excited about playing. Uh, what about the Orlando side? Uh, they get they have Aaron Gordon fully back now. Um, you know, Vooch is obviously torn things up. You can get to Washington. Um, against like centers against Washington yeah, isn't, a bad, isn't a bad strategy I'm just not sure on a night with Harden and we're going to talk about Giannis too not sure for me if Vooch is where I want to pay up but the guy has put up huge games in the past yeah he's been good recently uh he had basically in his last four games he had three of the best possible matchups two games against Brooklyn and one game against Atlanta so right. the fact that he's like still only like kind like basically solidly but not blowing it out of the park paying value in matchups like that and the increase in price. So I think he was like 9,500 in that first Brooklyn game. He's up to 10-2 now. That it's basically everything heading in the wrong direction and a slightly worse matchup against Washington, right? So it's like all those little factors are kind of against him and a season high price means that I probably won't be playing him here. Um, we'll move into Miami. They go in and face oops, yeah, they go in and face Cleveland. So not a game that if you have league pass that you're likely to tune in for. But um, we do have my I just, I just I, well Cleveland's a po- I have actually tried to watch Cleveland a couple of times this year. They are impossible to watch. They are awful. Dwayne Wade revenge game though. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering. I'm actually wondering about that if they would if they would if there'd be like any. I guess he was on he was on there for like, what, like this season. Oh, I, I was I was mostly just because I was struggling to write up like a second shooting guard last night. I, I didn't end up doing it, but I did look at I did think for. I will admit that I thought for half a second about. Sorry, the, I wish I didn't bring it up now. The Dwayne Wade. I'm embarrassed on your behalf. No, not revenge game, but um, <laughs> just like the farewell, to, the farewell tour. That in fact that he played in Cleveland for a little bit. Anyway, uh, Miami's eight and a half point favorites here. Uh, they did start Tyler Johnson last game, and it, they, all signs point to them doing that again. I don't. He played a ton of minutes. We've been down this heat road before of. Just because you start and just because you're on the heat and just because you did something one game doesn't mean it's happening the next game. But he played 36 minutes, took him every mm-hmm. single one of those minutes to do anything that got him close to his price. 15 points, five assists, two rebounds. They did, and again, they played the starters in this game against the Clippers. <laughs> sort of a lot of minutes for them, like Winslow 31, James Johnson 26, Tyler Johnson, like I said, 36. Richardson always plays, and then Whiteside. He was a guy that uh, actually was coming very close to us for cash games for DraftKings, and I just couldn't do it because the minutes are all over the place. He turned in a 32-minute performance with 22 and 16. Like, he was one of those guys, if you ran the top 50 lineups for us in GPPs, uh, he was a guy that actually did show up a decent amount. Anyway, long story short, do we trust the white, not not just the white side, do we trust the Miami minutes coming out of last game, or do we just have too long of a track record to give James Johnson 25 and white side, oh my God, 28 minutes? I don't don't know. What are your thoughts here if you're when you come down to it and you're final, doing a final auto of the, of the Heat going into lock tonight, what would you what would be your thoughts if you started seeing them show up in lineups? Yeah, I'm not going to play these guys for cash games probably with the possible exception of Tyler Johnson based on some of the names I'm seeing coming up at point guard. But I think the other guys, you know, Spolster's just got that itchy trigger finger. The combination of an itchy trigger finger as it is and 
a bunch of dudes that are basically the exact same skill level in my mind. Like, right. like if every team had to draft, like probably half would take James Johnson and half would take Olenek, half would take Waiters, half would take Wade. You know, like right. they're just all these guys do do very similar things to one another, and I'm not really impressed by any of them. Uh, I do think there's a big tournament stack consideration. If you happen to be the one who guesses right, you can get paid off from time to time, although sometimes not really there too. Uh, I'm trying to find nice things to say about the Heat. I, I don't want to play these guys today. I don't think. Yeah, like I said, like you can get the you can get the odd twenty two and ten out of Whiteside on the nights right. where like he just allowed the play that many minutes, and there's just too many games where he plays eighteen minutes even though he starts. Like the situation doesn't change, uh, and then you just kind of get buzzed off. So. I don't know. Not a guy. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Not all overly excited, and I th- I could see why if we set some of these minutes at the higher end, we could start to see some of these guys show up uh, on the Cleveland side. Larry Nance is back. He's probable to play tonight. What does that do for you in terms of the Ante Zizic? Like we've been willing to play him at center as sort of like a higher floor play because they played him in minutes even when they were getting blown out. But this, I know Nance is not technically a center, but they have started him at the five before. Would that cut into Zizic's minutes? at all you think like, do you think it's enough to just say like he might not be a play anymore or does, do you think it doesn't matter no i think it matters uh, i think zizek was already at a price point where we were it was kind of on that threshold where you know you and i talked about this on our stream right before the last lock where you wanted to go okafor we wound up with zizek and some lineups on fanduel instead which wound up being a mistake i think he's already priced towards the top of where you would want him and anything's coming in any news to the uh, to his detriment would be something you would want to look long and hard at. And I think, especially with some of the other cheap names showing up in our lineup optimizers right now, I don't think Zizek would be a guy I would want to prioritize for cash. Yeah, I agree. And the rest of these Cleveland guys are pretty silly. You just can't yeah. even really consider them at this point. The guards don't play any kind of consistent the minutes, and the team is just straight-up terrible. Eight-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Heat. Good Lord. Anyway, they're, they're, they're horrible. Um, and, they're, and by the way, in case you were wondering, the last note on this, they're in full-on tank mode. They're trying to lose every game. So that's that's going to be problematic for them all the way going forward. All right. Uh, another team that's sort of problematic, 7.30, the Knicks going to face Brooklyn. So the story, if you didn't play DFS on Wednesday night, is that Enos Cantor went into that game against the Rockets as the probable starter, was even told he was going to yeah, start. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He came out and said, oh, yeah, coach told me I'm going to start today. Yeah, yeah. So he freaks out, um, doesn't start. We, luckily, I mean, this is why it pays to be a premium member in our chat because when that news comes out, you still have – he was in DraftKings lineups going into that. I was pretty confident with him. Um, and then – he is labeled not starter and everyone jumps back into our chat room and we pivot our lineups. He ended up being like a 40% cash game play. Like not everyone made that pivot. Like 40% wow. and 40% on DraftKings took a zero at 5,000 on Cantor Yikes. on that game. Um, and again, we didn't because we had, you know, enough. I'm mostly just touting our ability. Yeah, to kudos do this, to you for being able to. I mean, that, and that's what we offer, right? With our system is that one of us will be there to react to all the pieces of news when it matters. Right. right. And so um, anyway, so that, that gets there. The cancer news gets there. Anyway, they're 10 point underdogs here. They, I don't, what do we do with the Knicks? Like, is that just, is that almost just too much to write this entire team off? Like this, like you're going to start, you don't, you're not going to start They're They're in tank mode too. We'll talk about them. And then we can talk about the Brooklyn side. Yeah. I don't trust the Knicks. Uh, they're the only team that could threaten Cleveland for having the most ping pong balls this year. Right. <laughs> and they certainly are acting like it. I mean, You'd be hard-pressed to convince me that Cantor isn't the best option for them for some amount of minutes, right? But he's just going to drop a zero against Houston. Yeah. It's conspicuous, Doug. It's conspicuous. I'm, I'm not, I don't trust these teams. This team, as far well, as the I could claim throw, was, the claim uh, by Fisdale was um, that you know they started Fareed, so we had to pivot into a smaller lineup. Absolutely I, outrageous! You can't get Cantor in there off the bench, yeah, and at, for any minutes, Cantor would have wrecked those guys down low that Houston was running out there, and they would have forced 
Houston, they, that would have been the proactive move, right? To force Houston to react. Instead, they give me this song and dance about how yep. eh, they won small, so uh, we didn't have to play any of our good players. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. It is going to be a lot Get tougher to lose. It's going to be a lot. I, I'm no Ian Iskander <laughs> fan, I, I, and I think that you know his he's the the his defensive issues are much t- are, are they've been documented well so i don't think it's that it's just but i agree with you it's like it's at no point do you think that he's giving you less of a chance to win against Houston. all right the guy um, had 16 rebounds against a go small golden state team in 25 minutes like you're telling me you just you just don't need him you don't need the 16 rebounds in the 25 minutes the average of 20 rebounds per 36 you just no thanks give me a break um what about the bro I, I, i'm with you and the rest of these guys minutes you can't at that point if you can't trust a guy to start you can't trust guys like knox or vonley um moody is questionable I, i'm not sure what again you're, t- you're in gpp territory if you guess right you're gonna get there um you know of guys like Von, i mean vonley i guess if, if vonley were starting again he's, well, he's a guy gonna, he's gonna start I, like i'm not worried about, about that so you don't yeah. think they're gonna go back to Cantor here no no, no vonley starts a part four they didn't start they started um and they bring Knox in sometimes too, but I, I hear what you're saying. I can't remember. But, who I'm, I'm, Mitchell Robinson. I can't remember who they started. Um. So anyway, uh, I just I just don't trust the I just don't trust the situation even a little bit. What about the Brooklyn side with uh you know D'Angelo Russell now again another high yeah. floor minute game 34 minutes he scored 25 added 10 assists and seven rebounds. Is he just a guy? I mean, are we getting to the point now where like Russell? I, I get that he's like 8,000, but like. I'm trying to think of a comp. Like, are we, is he entering like the Devin Booker range? I'll use, I'm trying to use guys that like sometimes oh. exist in this. Sometimes exist in this like eight thousand range on Fanduel or something like that. Um, yeah, Oladipo has been there. Oh, R.I.P. We'll talk about that one in a second. But um, yeah. the uh, but like does is Russell or his minutes such at this point that we can start putting him in that class? He's always a little overpriced because he always exceeds fantasy production on his minutes. Is what, I guess that's the way I'm trying to say. It has like, recently anyway. Yeah, yeah, like he's he t- he just. He he's great on a, as a, on a per minute play, which is why the the why you never get him at a bargain, right? But then at some point, do we just give him like thirty four minutes and say is that like good enough at eight thousand or excuse me eighty eight hundred or is this still just is he just going to be always just a little overpriced because of the way he generates fantasy points and doesn't always get all the minutes? I think that this is like the first time that I will say this and probably probably wind up being the last, but like I think I sort of trust the Nets with their with his minutes right now. I mean, for the first time since we've been doing this business since we've been in the fantasy business at all the nets are relevant to the playoff race and the whole reason is because of d'angelo russell basically i mean in the last five games he shot 20 plus shots in four of those and they've won all five including against teams like houston and boston right like he's showing that he can tough up and go head to head with these big teams with excellent defenses these games matter to them now they would love, I'm sure, to just make the playoffs and like, oh yeah, that would give them a year off from being a laughing stock and so forth. Yeah, dude, I, I think I trust the guys that are seeing minutes in Brooklyn right now, starting with Russell. I think I at least trust the minutes. Whether that makes some good fantasy plays is a different question for me. Russell definitely at the all time peak price for him, but I definitely trust the minutes. And you know, if the system says, hey, this is enough minutes for this guy, then I would go with him. Yeah, I think I'm I, like I said, I think he's 10% too expensive on max minutes. And so I think that's the only problem. And so I, and again, though, from a GBP perspective, I think everyone's going to think he's just a little too expensive. And I think that at that point, you can continue sure. to maybe to just roll him out because I think the ownership will be low. I think from a cash Yeah, he's game hit 6x on those prices recently. Like, you know, he can do it. At 8,000, I think we'd be easily talking about it. At 8,800, it becomes a little, just a little closer for me, especially considering Harden's on this slate and there are some other guard. There are some other guard considerations. But for that reason, I think the ownership will be relatively low. Right, let's keep rolling here. Sacramento goes in and plays Memphis. Sacramento, I they were a team that I called the team that should not be named last year because they were just this like sort of 
the Knicks but worse when it came to minutes. Like there was some combination of all the worst things you can ever get from a team when you're trying to sure. figure out their minutes. Like a bad Miami. I don't even know how to describe them, but like they were so bad. It sort of looked like we were out of the morass with them this season. <laughs> and then they just go right back to like waiting to the last possible second to release their starting lineup. They're like, D- Darren yeah. Fox and Beach Lika, we don't know. 659. Ah, you know what, Bagley and uh, Bagley and Farrell, you're starting. Like it was just. Kind I'll of never understand it. This team, do they not realize that they like are competitive to make the playoffs still? Like I don't. Well, they've been out. I don't get Like they've been. They the, their point differential is negative. Um, so they have run a little hot on their record, but they've they've had enough coach Dave Yeager coaching travesties this season to like they could easily have like two more wins, right? And two more wins at this point is actually a huge deal. Of course, the they have two more wins, and then with two more wins, they would be in the playoffs. Like right, the, um, the playoff, the records don't care about your point differential. Like if you have a negative point differential, you ignore that completely. You don't care what the what the past has shown. You just go on the record that like. Ugh, I'm on flummoxed by this team. I, I have no idea what they're up to right now. They've had like winnable games where Ben McLemore played a lot. Like they've That's had winnable mean. games where they just tanked because they were on a back to back and the starters just played five minutes and then sat the rest of the game. Like totally unprecedented bullshit. That's what I'm saying. Hook these guys up to a lie detector test. That's what I want to do to him. I want to do it to the Knicks. I want to know did you really think, because this is, you're fired, if, if by the way the answer is yes, did you really think that De'Aaron Fox wasn't going to give you the best chance to win this game? Just go ahead. Just say yes or no, you know? Or did you really because not you know said, he was playing? I, that's the other one I always get. Well, I'm like, <laughs> like, so, there's like another. You kind of game. zoned out and you're like, oh my goodness, BJ League only played eight minutes tonight? Oh no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, or like, you're like, you got all the way to the game. You just weren't sure if he was going to play. I don't know. Whatever. The, the, I mean, sort of rant on this over, and like, luckily they just play Memphis because, um, like, Memphis yeah, is, anyway. is a bad is a bad matchup just from a pace perspective. And so I think you don't really need to go there. Um, again, we if if their lineup just changed at eight o'clock, you know, seven fifty five tonight, an hour after lock, I wouldn't be shocked too. Is the other reason I'm not really wanting to pull the trigger on them. So anyway, uh, no, no real DFS applications except I just needed to. I need to. You needed to too. I just we need to vent a little bit on the Sacramento disaster that has been their minutes. And Memphis, I, I'm a, I'm very bullish. Excuse me, bearish on Memphis going forward here. I think that the plan is to try to trade Conley and Gasol, and I think when that starts to happen, we could start seeing limited minutes on these guys. There's, they're not going to keep. Pre- There's almost no chance they've come out and said they're just going to. They're actively shopping the market for these two guys, right? So, I think the right. only thing you could see happen is maybe they just sit. I, that has not been reported, so I'm just like guessing. But when guys enter the trade market, the the only thing the team does not want to do is just get those guys hurt. And so, um, because you just want, that's like the one way to kill the commodity. So I think that we could see reduced minutes on those guys. I don't think that we're going to see enough minutes off the bench from other guys to like maybe make a difference, but this is a situation to monitor because like I said, they, they just want to trade those guys. So I don't know. Any other thoughts on Memphis before we move on? Nah, I think you're spot on. This is a team that simply can't be trusted and wasn't that good for DFS purposes in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and like, it's a shame too because Sacramento is actually a pretty good DFS matchup with the pace that they play. And um, I just don't think we're gonna. I just don't think it's gonna end up really mattering. Okay, so Toronto goes in and plays Houston. We talked about Harden for a while here. I'll start on the Toronto side though. Uh, two point home. Excuse me. Two point road favorites against Houston. Um, two twenty nine and a half over under. So that's the high. I'm scrolling that. Yeah, that's the highest over under of this league. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That one's not going to play well. Um, I, was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Someone talked about you should listen to your audio again so you get all the things that you do bad. And then I just I instantly went through my head when I just did that high move. I was like, well, if I go back and listen to this, I think we can make a mental note to cut out the long, elongated syllable when you're strolling down to see something. Toronto goes in. Anyway, Toronto 2.5, two 2.0 home favorite. Excuse me, road favorite. I'm all flustered now. Kawhi is back tonight. After 
a sort of conspicuous rest situation where he just sat out many, many games to rest. Yeah, um, he a little is tired, back. a little sleepy. <laughs> this is the whole thing is so weird. This NBA season is crazy, man. It's awesome. Um, he is he's going to be back and play tonight. We take off all the queries that we have on for on court, off court for him. He's a little bit expensive, theoretically fully rested at this point. Good matchup here against Houston, I think, and the mm-hmm. highest over-under of the slate. Where do we stand with some of these Toronto guys with Kawhi back? Yeah, I mean, when Kawhi's been out there, he's plays in close games, plays 36, 37 minutes. So I think he's totally playable. I think some of these other guys, you know, it's kind of funny because Lowry is like still cheaper than he was when Kawhi was not injured the last time around. So right. like he was like 8,000 uh, based on kind of crappy performance. He's dipped down to 7,500. I don't think you really want to play him at this price point necessarily with Kawhi back anyway, but uh, it's just, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, the Toronto guys, I don't know. The big thing that our system is always wondering about is which, if any of these power forwards you can play. Because power forward is so bad on a night-to-night basis. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I feel like I'm personally cursed when picking between Ibaka and Siakam. These guys have averaged identical fantasy points. They've scored literally to the number, the exact same number of fantasy points per game to the decimal point. And uh, sometimes they kill you. Sometimes they really help you out. So do you want to play either of these guys tonight? Not really with Kawhi back. Uh, the usage for Ibaka and Siaka both go up with Kawhi off the court. Those... Even against Houston without much interior presence? Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only thing that would keep me on that island, I think, is that they're, you just know they're starting Farid at center. And that is not going to offer anything in the way of like defensive um, disturbance. So I think that right. that would be the only reason. And Kawhi just does eat into a lot of that usage when he comes back. And so I, the the offense is just a different. It's just a different animal when he's around. I, it's a it's a good matchup. And I think that ultimately, if there was a power forward was so thin that then I think I can maybe make a case for it. I think we'll just end up getting there on some of these cheaper guys like Fareed. Like so, Fareed is up to sixty two hundred on Fanduel. He. Gets there on his price last game against Houston, but a lot of it was on the back of just six defensive stats, three steals and three blocks. You really obviously can't count on him for that. Although he is like act, at least active on defense, if not a great defender. Do you think 60... Are we still at a value at, at Farid at 6,200? And could we just see enough minutes out of him knowing that Toronto plays small enough that he can maybe stay on the court? What are your thoughts on Farid? We, t- we talked about Harden at length, but um, you know, I'm just he's like the only other maybe fantasy-relevant guy I see on Houston at this point. Yeah, I like I like Freed. I think the price has come up, but if he's legitimately, and I, I have no reason to believe that this isn't the case, but if he's actually just going to play like high 20s minutes, I think he's active enough out there that he could be a value here. And again, power forward just so bad that you at least have to consider him. Um, it's a bad matchup with Toronto. You don't like to see that. But I, I again, I just don't know what the other options are for Houston at this point. Like I would be surprised. Like I actually think that going up with the way the Knicks played, the, the Rockets, they didn't need Fareed as much, incidentally. Right. Uh, with, I think, what Toronto sort of has to do, which is play Siakam and Ibaka a lot of minutes, I see no way that they get around playing Fareed, at least what he played against New York and probably more. Yep, I agree. Uh, Eric Gordon did play 37 minutes, got a 15 shots. Really, the only thing you can hope to get out of him is a lot of three-pointers in a game. He doesn't add much, if anything else, in the way of fantasy stats. Austin Rivers yeah. is just basically there because they need to put five guys in the court. Uh, sort of the same I mean, thing. When someone me. is going to score 61 unassisted points on your team, it's really hard for anyone else to have any value, frankly. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, Free can contribute, like, the, the couple of things that he, that aren't going to get in the way of that, like some defensive stats, like some rebounds, things like exactly. that. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, I think that's really the only guy, other guy we're talking about uh, in terms of rostering for cash. All right, 8.30 games. Oh, no, did I skip a game? Oh, yeah, I skipped one. Sorry. Clippers, the other 8 o'clock game is the Clippers and the Bulls. Clippers are five and a half point favorites. 
favorites here against Chicago. They are going to be without Danilo Gallinari for one more game, so they're going to theoretically continue rolling with, I'm going to call it a three-guard starting lineup with Beverly, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Avery Bradley, who shifts up to the three. Our system likes these cheap guys like Gilgis Alexander and Patrick Beverly. It takes them every single minute to get to like value at 4,500. So you need to have them play like 35 plus minutes. But on a night where it really seems like we're going to start wanting to pay up for Harden, at least on, on uh, in cash and possibly even Giannis with him, does it make, could you see yourself playing one of these cheaper point guards knowing that from a fantasy perspective, they just don't, they rarely will. They rarely will just hit huge upside. It just kind of takes. It's like, will we get there on thirty-five minutes on either one of them? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, uh, SGA. That's what I'm going to call uh-huh. him. Uh, he's a funny one because he'll tantalize our system when the minutes look like they're going to come in. And I, I see that he scored twenty fantasy points a game this season. And I want to believe that that's accurate because I, I don't want to. You and call I have anyone's... the same thoughts here, buddy. I, I'm <laughs> anyone's just... math in the question, but like <laughs> for me, every time I personally play this guy, he scored 13 fantasy points. So that just that's all I want to say. I don't I don't want to put on the tinfoil hat, but that's been my personal experience. Patrick Beverly, kind of the same way, uh, frankly, too, since he's gotten to the Clippers. So you know, I'm, I know I know what happens. I've heard tales. I see that allegedly he scored 54 fantasy right, the points formulas, against San The formulas in our system aren't different for them than they are for the other guys. And there are just some guys that I do wonder about. Like, I'm like, have the formulas just figured? Is there some ghost in this machine that is not like Harrison Barnes is in this world too? It's like, what? When did it happen? <laughs> like, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just need someone to specifically point to me about when it did happen, right? And so, like, we're like, where does it come from? I'm with you. I, I wrote them up because they're, they're coming cheap, but um, they're, they're not overly exciting plays. But what about Tobias Harris, though? At a, at a weaker power forward position, he is... Oh, no, excuse me. Sorry. A small forward position. He's been moved to small forward on Fandle. Um, the... Could you, you know, consider rostering him? The usage has really been there for him outside of the one game where he was in foul trouble. The other three games on Harris have been really high floor games with Danilo Gallinari out, and I really think that's going to be the case again here. Could you see, I don't know, pairing him up with Gianna, say at small forward, and rolling him in cash? Thirty-nine minutes last game. Yeah, I think he's kind of interesting. You know, the other subtext with Harris, of course, is that uh, Harrell didn't start last game. Yes, uh, they gave the start to Gortat, and Harrell lost some of his minutes, and so. You know, Harris and Harrell were kind of doing complementary things, but if they're leaning away from Harrell right now and wanting to push, you know, not only Gallo, but some of Harrell's minutes and usage towards Harris, then he could represent a value. Uh, you know, he's a guy, I, I don't think I've clicked the plus sign on Harris's name all season long because the price has constantly been in this 8K range right. and he's averaged 36 fantasy points a game. But if we're legitimately looking at, and the last two of the last three games would suggest this, if we're legitimately looking at, you know, something like a, 15% increase in minutes, then he could be playable here. Yeah, I think, and I, like I said, he gets that usage bump with Gallo off the court, and you made a good point too. He also gets that usage when Harrell is not on the court with him. Like, Harrell exactly. will, will soak up, not the same kinds of shots, but will just soak up shots in that offense. And so um, I think that's where, I think that's like the, the other big difference on him. So I, I think it helps, I think, that he's a small forward here. I think the price has just come down just a little bit, uh, and I, I, I think I'd be willing to do it against a Chicago team that's really weak on defense. Chicago's in tank mode as well, so hard to trust, though. We did get 34 minutes out of Markkinen, 33 out of Hutchinson in a game where they were kind of getting blown out against the Hawks, uh, 34 out of Levine. Where would you want to take these guys' as minutes? Because that's really usually the only story with guys like Chicago. Like If you can give Markkinen 34 and Levine 33 minutes, 34 minutes, you can sort of start talking yourself into them. I don't know. I just don't know how much we trust being able to do that. Yeah, I'd rather not. I mean, I think potentially the minutes could be there, but Chicago, another one of these teams with 
little and less clue about what they want to do on a night-to-night basis. And I mean that from both the minutes perspective and how they kind of run their offense. And so how they run the I team think, in general, the team's a disaster. I that's like what it. I mean. But like, and specifically, like you see this, like you can get variants in a number of different ways in the NBA. And so on one extreme end is like James Harden, where mm-hmm. everyone knows what the plan is, every single possession. And then even like to a lesser extent, uh, say like even a team like Golden State, right? Where like they have their players, the guys are in the spots where they're supposed to be. Sometimes other guys get hot, sometimes they don't. But teams like this, and actually Brooklyn was this way for a long time, it's just like they're just playing straight pickup basketball. Yep. And when you're just playing pickup basketball, sometimes it's Zach's night, sometimes it's Markinen's night. And I, again, on a nine-game slate, I'd rather not be in that guessing game. Yeah, I think that's where I land as well. You know, you see Portis come in and play 33 minutes off the bench, and they got blown out. So, like, who even knows what's going to end up happening exactly. here? This, this doesn't. They can always get blown out, though. That's a that's a every day you could put that sentence in before their Chicago write up, and you, you wouldn't be wrong. So our system does see the Clippers uh, covering this five and a half right here. So if that's you know in the old yeah. Vegas territory, there haven't been too many games. Excuse me, like that up until this point in terms of like our system, uh, in terms of a betting line, it does see the Nets covering against the Knicks, uh, which is minus ten. Though there might be something a little off there. I'm just going retroactively going back into some of these, but one of the other ones is the Clippers on the road getting that five and a half. Or excuse me, giving the five and a half, um, and sort of liking the fact that Chicago is just maybe not going to be able to score enough. All right, let's roll into the eight thirty games. Charlotte goes in and plays Milwaukee. Milwaukee eleven point favorites in a team that really does blow people out a lot. And it's the only issue with Giannis is that if the if Milwaukee's the game's over by the fourth, you know, midway through the fourth quarter. That's the end of his rotations, and they keep him out. When you see this 11-point line, right now, at sort of average to maybe a little bit more minutes in a close game, Giannis is a 100% start from us on, on both sides. Uh, and that's pairing him with Harden uh, on FanDuel. And actually defaulting to him, I'm going to say over Harden. They're not the same price, but... It's just seeing Harden as maybe a little too expensive on DraftKings right now. This is 10 o'clock in the morning. A lot of things change. Where do you put Giannis here? Like, if you saw Giannis in every DraftKings lineup and Harden wasn't there, again, understanding the price difference and all this other stuff that goes with it, like, what what would be your feeling here? Because the 11-point 11 11 spread also maybe suggests blow, significant blowout risk again. Yeah, I'd be fine with it, I think. I like the way Giannis is looking on the boards, especially recently. Uh, I think, like you said, the... Harden has done it, and he's been absolutely lights out terrific. And you can really start causing problems for yourself, especially on DraftKings where you can't drop a low score, uh, trying to jam in 14 plus thousand or whatever in salary when the system doesn't call for it, right? So I think our system is pretty good about seeing when you're making the right and wrong kinds of sacrifices. And one of the worst sacrifices you can make in DFS, again, five years of experience has taught us this, is when you just love a big money guy and you just want to force him in because... Those lo- those cheap guys that you don't sort of love, those are often the highest variance plays as well. So not, now you paid up for Harden, and maybe he gets there. Maybe he scores 65 fantasy points, which is a lot, right? But that is kind of not getting there. And then you also had the 4,000 guy who scored like 16 fantasy points, and now you just simply can't win, right? So I... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine not forcing it. There's a, a very long way to say I'm fine not forcing it. I think it's going to be really close. Um, right now, if you run lineups, like I said, they're, they're FanDuel lineup one together. That's not typically something that changes. Like, because again, usually only we only get cheaper stuff that comes in throughout the day, not more expensive. Like, you know, a really expensive guy doesn't tend to show up. Um, unless the situation really drastically changes and we're not really at threat of that happening because these are already the two most expensive guys. And then on DraftKings, 
lineup 10 actually gets them together, which actually could end up could meaning. And again, Giannis is only 10-7 on DraftKings. That's really not all that expensive for what he can bring to the table in terms of fantasy production is if the game even stays within striking distance. On um, the Charlotte side, just a couple guys to maybe nod to here. What are your thoughts on like Bismack Biombo? If we're looking for cheap plays, like he's a guy that might check a box in terms of if I do think that prioritizing Harden and Giannis is a strategy here tonight. Biombo is a guy our system doesn't mind at center. This, the minutes have kind of come and gone, and we also know Milwaukee doesn't defend centers that well with Brooke Lopez. They've, they've, you know, they and they start they play Giannis at the five a lot too. So you can get production there. Not to say Biombo is your traditional like scoring center. He's not, but could you talk yourself into a cheap play like him on this slate? Yeah, I could play either side of the center equation. I think I think both Lopez and Biombo, uh, they kind of almost they they both increase the likelihood that the other will, will get minutes in my mind because both do similar things. You know, they can rebound well. Uh, Lopez scores, so I think Charlotte will probably. I mean, Lopez actually is the threat of scoring. He doesn't score all that much, but he's decent enough offensively that you can't just punt away and just play nobody uh, defensively at center. So, yeah, I think both sides are pretty solid. Uh, one thing, when I was looking at those stats for the, the Harden discussion early on, Lopez's blocks have been totally through the roof this season uh, and back-to-back games now with five-plus blocks. So he's bringing this defensive thing that I think gives him a very interesting high floor as well. Yeah, he's another guy that's sort of like creeping around. Like right now, Biombo's in FanDuel lineup one, and uh, Lopez is in FanDuel lineup two. So it's all pretty close. Yeah, both um, decent options in my mind. Yeah, and Lopez needs to hit. You, you know, you get bailed out a little bit if he hits the threes. Um, that's that's been one big part of his game this season that has translated to why another reason Milwaukee's been so successful is because they just have a, an actual total stretch five with rolling with Giannis. Right, another eight thirty game. Detroit goes in and plays Dallas. Uh, Detroit, Andre Drummond has passed the concussion protocol, so he is going to play tonight. Detroit is four-point underdogs to Dallas. With Drummond coming back, to me, that just wipes the Blake sort of love that we were giving off the table. I don't know if you feel that way, and then we can talk briefly about if we see anything on Dallas. Yeah, so the Detroit side, I don't know what to make of this team on a nightly basis. Like We've had some success running Blake recently. And I think a lot of that's been based on the Drummond news. Did you say if there was definitive news on Drummond? I was looking. Yeah, at he these passed. Guys. Yeah, he passed. The he did clear. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, but so his return here makes me less likely to want to play Blake again. Blake now at a season high or right around a season high in salary, and then after those two guys, I just never see anything I like from no. Detroit. Basically, unless there's again, I need three guys out, and then I can start considering like whatever ish smith or something but no nah, i'm not going to play any of these other detroit guys if i'm not going to play uh certainly if i'm not going to play blake although i guess drummond you know the, the price has kind of gone up and down on him i still would be a little bit wary here but i could see a case for making him an interesting like big tournament play because no one's going to play the game yeah like if he's coming back from the concussion thing and he's passed that means it's not a condition exactly he's just fine it's right it's not a conditioning thing right so like if they stay close 35 minutes could be in the cards for him if that's if you think if you want an upside GBP play at 8,800 on DraftKings, he's a guy that could easily be in in a GBP winning lineup, and you just for the same reason really can't trust it in cash at all. Uh, so I don't think I would I would go there. And then Dallas, you know, they bring Dennis Smith Jr. back into the starting lineup. Uh, that does cut into some usage concerns. These are guys that seem like they're all coming a little bit too expensive. This is a slow matchup against Detroit. The over under in this game is one of the lowest of the slate at 214 and a half. Any thoughts on Dallas? I don't know. Do you like to play Dallas guys? Not um, really. I mean, everyone's just me neither. <laughs> I like when guys. I like when guys are hurt. I like not like not you know in a fantasy. Yeah, not personally, no, but no, I never want for DFS hurt. purposes. Not on a relatively healthy Dallas squad, medium to bad matchup with Detroit. 
pass. All right, let's talk to the 9 o'clock games here. Phoenix goes in and plays Denver. Denver, 15.5-point home favorites uh, against yeah. the Suns coming on the back-to-back. The news for Phoenix, and I think it's going to matter, I, I think at least, is that DeAnthony Melton left last night's game with an injury, and Okobo came in and played most of the point guard minutes. Now, point guard minutes for the Suns is not point guard minutes like for other teams. It's like because yeah, Dev- it's a shooting guard. Devin Booker is right. Devin Booker is the point guard. Right. But he's coming at the stone minimum on both of these sites, and I really think 30 minutes would – I don't think Melton's going to play because he looked really hurt when he left the game. So um, I'd be shocked if he came back here on the back-to-back. Could we give a Co- – they're already without TJ Warren too. Could we give a Kobo – minutes enough minutes here in a game where it really looks like the suns are going to get their doors blown off but is he just cheap enough that it's worth the risk yeah i think so i think okobo is a guy i especially on FanDuel, i would just put him in there and not really think too hard about it uh early returns on melton i was looking at some of this news was that uh currently listed as doubtful and the way he left the game people were speculating in the Phoenix camp, anyway, pretty much immediately that it was going to be a couple games before he. Came yeah, yeah, out, I was so. watching. He got. He was really hurt. He was hurt. Hurt. Like it wasn't. Like this wasn't just a like. Oh, you tweak something. I'm limping yeah. off, and I got to go to the locker room for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, he was. He was actually really hurt. I, so I, I think from that perspective, I'm fine with the Kobo thing. I don't think he really actually would even lose all that much, even if it was a blowout too. Like he'd be a guy. Yep. I think they'd be happy to keep on the court. Other than that, though, Dragon Bender, Josh Jackson. These guys are in the starting lineup now. It's a big reason why they're 15 and a half point underdogs to Denver, but. Um, you know, minutes on these guys because they're not coming all that expensive either. Bender has at least been, from a fantasy perspective, competent, right? He had been, he had some competency issues <laughs> for, for a long time where he could just spend a lot of time on the court and do nothing. He did double double two games in a row. Last night went 17 and three, so the rebounding wasn't really there, and he played 28 minutes. Anything, even knowing that there's a possible blow coming down the pike here, they've kind of been blown out two of the last three games, and it hasn't mattered for the minutes. What are your thoughts on guys like Bender or Jackson? Yeah, I think Bender is an interesting play. I think the price has come up a little bit on him, but it sure looks like right now they feel like they absolutely must play him 27 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think for that reason you can just play him. Uh, Jackson, you know, the price is even a little bit higher, and I guess I my personal intuition is that the minutes are more debatable, but I think he unquestionably has more upside because he can pair both the scoring and the rebounding and even chip in some defense. So I guess if I had to do the old false choice of this guy for cash this guy for big tournaments i could play bender and cash and maybe jackson if i wanted to shoot the moon the one guy that our system kind of likes here and it's not it's not a secret as to why but is Jokic at 10-6 on DraftKings. yeah it's a tricky one but i ju- that's 15 and a half point spread really has me worried I, like i don't know we haven't been 34 minutes right now i'm probably gonna end up having to decrease that just because 34 minutes with this kind of spread seems like more times than not, you're going to get burned off that. Would you agree with that? Like, would you agree with that assessment when we do a final minutes audit on where it stands, as you know, relative to where the Vegas line sits? Yeah, absolutely. I think the only way, the only way I would even consider it is if like Aiton were back, and I think that would give the Suns some kind of like credible chance to. But then I guess that would make Jokic less of an interesting play. The crazy thing with the Suns is they literally have no one that can defend him. The reason Denver is favored by so many points is probably because Jokic is just going to absolutely bludgeon these guys for the first half when he's actually playing uh and it's just really hard to imagine something like the old gpp stack would be like you grab like a kobo and somebody else who can hit threes and then you play Jokic, and then you just hope for the best but yeah for cash you're definitely wishing a little bit if you think that Jokic is just you could just pencil him in for 34 minutes here 
Yeah, and I think what you're looking at is not the Jazz game because that game stayed close. They ended up losing by six. You're looking at the two previous games where they blew out Chicago exactly. and Cleveland. And they the played first one, first one down, minutes. and you have to do this with your bigs. You have to, you know, be wise with your big minutes. And we've seen it on many teams. The center or whatever prominent big is the first one to lose minutes when the game gets out of hand. Yep, and Jokic can pour it in with the best of them, like the game against the Utah, twenty-eight and twenty-one. Um, he did play thirty-seven minutes. They, the other thing that helps the the, the Nuggets here in terms of just blow-up potential is they're getting very healthy now. Like Gary Harris is back, Millsap has been back, Will Barton is back playing. 30, he played thirty minutes last game. As this team gets healthier, they do have a lot of ways that can they can really hurt you. It's a good, they're they're a good team, and so and they're a good team who's actually had so many injury issues that it's even it's so remarkable their their winning their record is thirty-one and fifteen, and now all those guys are back. So I think yeah, Phoenix obviously. Um, for obvious reasons, in real trouble. All right, final game here. Minnesota, 10-point underdogs to the Jazz. Uh, Jazz are coming off, like I said, that, that win against the Nuggets. Minnesota's injury news right now, this was a tough one to write up because there's point guard news all over the place. I'm not sure if we're going to have all the news, and the news actually really matters because Derek Rowe, so Jeff T got ruled out really early last night. And Derrick Rose started. Then Derrick Rose got hurt during the game, and Jared Bayless played all the minutes at point guard. I think any one of these guys, if the other ones were hurt, would be good plays. And I just don't know if we're going to have the news in time. Like, I think Rose would be a good play. He's doubtful right now, so it doesn't seem like it. I think Teague actually wouldn't even be that bad of a play if Rose wasn't there. And then if they both sat at Bayless, would be a great Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, is this sort of like a revolving door here? I'm not exactly sure what we make of it this early in the day, though. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on that. I think also, you know, you just have to give the old Utah caveat, even though Utah hasn't been as bad a matchup as they have been in the past. Still certainly a bottom half of the league matchup. And on a big slate like this, for a team like Minnesota, where, you know, when when people are healthy, they play guys tons of minutes, prices tend to become, you know, fairly... uh, Guys tend to be pretty aggressively priced, you know, guys like Towns and so forth. Um, you're really just looking for that injury news. And right now we don't have it, so I don't know if we can offer a lot of guidance yet. Yeah, and like I said, we have a 10-point spread here. Suggest maybe some moderate blowout risk. The Jazz are getting healthier. They have Ricky Rubio back. He played on a minutes limit last game, played 34, excuse me, 24 minutes. Mitchell played 38. Not sure we can go to max minutes on these guys. Favors played five, but don't get confused by that. He got ejected really early in the game. So, like, wasn't an injury news or anything like that if people are, you know, trying to figure out where minutes land. But um, anything you like here against the Jazz, they are projected to put up a decent amount of points. Um, when we play guys like Ingles and Colbert and Mitchell in the past, do you see if this is a spot to maybe do that as well? Um, I don't know. I Again, we're here sitting on a big slate, and I don't normally get super excited for the Jazz, and I'm not feeling super excited for the Jazz <laughs> right now. So, again, if we're just back in, like, can I foresee a scenario where this becomes playable in big tournaments? Sure, but, yeah, for cash games, I'd rather not. If uh, if Rose were to sit and then Teague were to sit too, I think you might be see that, uh, that spread go up even more from minus 10. I think that Minnesota's probably yeah. playing so thin right now that they're going to – they would really struggle in the scoring department if all those guys were out. Again, not sure. We well, right, they really, they really don't have anyone – like, I mean, if Tyus Jones, I suppose, but – uh, guys like Akoji, like their offense really Jones, starts to become Ty problematic. Jones is injured too, so they have no. The point That's what I mean. Right. I didn't realize he ruled out. I haven't listed as a GTD, but right. um, but nonetheless, right? Like who's bringing the ball up to court? None of these guys are are qualified. Wiggins, I guess, but yeah, it's it's a disaster. I actually don't mind. Wiggins. Don't have all three of those guys. I don't mind Wiggins if all these guys are out from like a. His price is still pretty low. The usage can be there for a guy that like has like he might even have a max contract. This guy. If you watch he did rebound in the hell out of the ball recently, but yeah. He can just he can also just drift in and out of games in a way that will drive you completely 39 nuts. minutes against Phoenix, better possible matchups, he scored 16 fantasy points. I'm telling you, Pass. again, if you watch him play, the guy drifts in and out of a game 
in a way that will drive you completely crazy. It's like he never demands the it ball. It reminds me of Jeff Green, actually. Like when Jeff Green first came up and everyone was like, man, this guy's got talent. And he's like, but five minutes just passed. He didn't touch the ball the whole time. Yeah, he just stands <laughs> in the corner with his arms down. Like I, I get maybe it's part of the offense, but like I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like they don't run any actions yeah. for him. He just kind of stands there. He's fine to just drift like and be like just not involved in the action at all. And they, when that's the case, you really have to worry about a guy just completely – and like literally disappearing in the game. All right, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. You can also head on over tonight. We'll be doing a live stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash podcast. We'll have that posted in our premium members-only chat room. Uh, the link will go from 6 to 6.45, breaking down all the stuff that's going to be going up to the last minute with lineups, and then we finish it off in our members-only chat. And you can get a subscription to that by going to dfsr.com slash NBA. I'll put all those links in the show notes here so you know where to, what to click on, where to sign up, and it'll be all good to go. Buddy, talk to you tonight on Twitch. Enjoy your Friday night in basketball. Peace. Hi folks, Dirk Bentley here. Being on the go is a big part of my life. I love seeing new places, meeting new people, and performing all over the world. For energy on the go, for me, it's five-hour energy. It works fast, works long, and it tastes good. With zero sugar and four calories. Try it. It could work for your on-the-go life too. Five-hour energy, energy on the go. Get five-hour energy at your local Casey's. The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. In all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. Welcome to the House of Roll.